Okay, well, let's pray one more time, and then we're going to jump into this morning's message. Um, This series we've been in is called The Hidden Kingdom. It's not that God is trying to purposely hide his kingdom for us. We have some blindness to, to God and his presence in this world and in our lives, and Jesus wants to whet our appetite to come to him and let him be the ruler and king in our own life and to see that then play out in our relationships around us. And so this morning, we're going to talk about God's kingdom and the power of light, the power of light, okay? So let's pray, and then we'll jump into this. Heavenly Father, we just come before you one more time. Thank you that you are the the true and living God who loves us. And we thank you that you you are patient with us, you're long-suffering with us, but God, we're, we're grateful that you have made a way for us to be your people. And God, that you know that the best possible thing for us is for us to choose to get off the throne of our own lives and let you have your rightful place as king. That, that, that sense of humbling ourselves before you, yielding our lives to you, that our freedom comes not in our independence, but in our dependence upon you, the giver of life. And so Jesus, would you talk to us this morning? Help us understand your invitation to be people of light. Give give us the strength that we need when it's difficult to step out of darkness. Thank you for your light and your life and your great love for us. It's in your name we pray, amen. Um, So one of the things that was really um, interesting about the last year was how many times I was at my home and had to take out my iPhone, put it on a tripod, and find a spot somewhere to talk to you guys. (laughs) And one of the things that became obvious really quick to me as someone who has like no background in photography, videography, any of that, was the importance of light and how challenging it can be to find the perfect amount of light. And how even when I would find a really great spot at the house that worked awesome, a different time of day, it was a completely different story. Um, I remember one time, I'm gonna gonna rag on a friend of mine for a minute and it was totally unintentional on their part, but um, one Friday I was getting ready to record a sermon for Sunday morning And there was this perfect window around three or four o'clock in the afternoon where if I would sit in my living room in front of the fireplace, the light was just perfect. And so I'm ready. I've got my little microphone on. My notes are ready. The camera's there. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then our good friends who love us pull into the driveway at our house to say, hey, because they miss us and it's COVID and they needed to at least do a drive-by. Thomas, do you remember this? (laughs) Now, I would always prefer that my friends interrupt. And so they came by and were visiting in the the driveway and loving on each other. And it was awesome. It was so good to see their faces. And so they leave and I get back in the living room and my heart sinks. I'm like, oh no, I lost the light. (laughs) So I'm working on Saturday morning this week. And so I wait till Saturday. I was constantly chasing the light. Listen, light is so incredibly important. That's just one silly example. But Jesus intends for us to learn from the presence of light 
in the, in the physical world to understand the importance of him as the source of light in our lives. And so I want to talk about this just a little bit together this morning, okay? So first of all, Jesus, um, this was declared of him. He was described as the light of the world in the scripture. And Jesus took them, this on himself. John's gospel, chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So he says of himself that he is this unique light that is available to the whole world, that we can be free of stumbling around in the dark, and that not only can we have light, but notice how he connects it to life. Light and life are interconnected. So he brings them together. So we're going to do this more. We're going to, we're going to lean into one of his parables. We'll look at a few other verses along the way. Um, but we're going to look at Mark's gospel, chapter 4. And, and our primary text this morning is going to be verses 21 through 25. So just a, a few short verses. This is, this is in the midst of Jesus sharing a lot of parables. He does this in Mark's gospel, chapter 4. A similar passage of scripture is found in Matthew's gospel, chapter 13. We've spent time in that chapter throughout this series where Jesus is giving us um, some descriptions, some different descriptions of what his kingdom is like through these parables. And I want you guys to always remember the parables were meant to whet our appetite, that he's, he's telling us something mysterious and wonderful but that isn't necessarily immediately obvious. He gave us the parable so that his followers, his disciples would be drawn to him to say, Jesus, help me grab this. Help me understand it. So I'm hoping I do a halfway decent job communicating today, but I would encourage you, just prepare your heart to say, Lord, would you help me to see and understand what you want me to see through this? And so in Mark's gospel, chapter four, beginning in verse 21, In the midst of these parables, Jesus said to them, this large crowd that was gathering, he says, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him So he's saying, I hope you catch this. Verse 24, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, we'll come back to those last couple verses near the end. But Jesus is saying, I want you to understand something about light. We bring light into a specific place for a specific purpose. It's not meant to be covered or hidden. In fact, it's there to do something. And so point number one this morning, the power of light, light exposes. Light exposes. We were walking in here this morning and Walter the custodian was kind of opening things up for us and we're out in the hallway there and you know he just he did a very normal thing he 
comes in the room, he says, hey, y'all wait out here, let me get the lights on for you before you come into the room. Why would he do that? To help us see into a room so we could recognize any potential obstacles in the room. Light exposes, it reveals. And Jesus says, take note of this, pay attention to the purpose of light and think about this in your own life. It exposes. Now, there's this interesting conversation that Jesus has that I think will help us to see this even a little bit more, understand ourselves a little bit more. Jesus is approached by a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a teacher of the law. He knows the scripture. He's intrigued by Jesus, and he comes to him. And I want you to consider the context. When Nicodemus shows up to talk to Jesus in John chapter 3, he came to Jesus at night. He came to him in the cover of darkness. He came to him in the cover of darkness because he was concerned about how people would perceive him as as a Pharisee, who many of them were already aligning against Jesus. And so he comes to him in the dark. And in the midst of their conversation, Jesus says these words to Nicodemus. This is John 3, verse 19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it might be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Jesus is putting his finger on something here. The same reason he tells this parable is the same reason he points this out to Nicodemus. We have a tendency to hide from the light. We have a tendency to protect, to cover up, to hide ourselves from exposure. So Jesus is saying, listen, I'm the light of the world. I'm here, I'm present, but you need to be aware of something. Often when light shows up in our lives, our tendency is to go, let me throw a blanket over that or let me retreat into the shadows and hide myself. Guys, this is the very first thing the very first people did. What did Adam and Eve do when they recognized their moment of failure and weakness? When they'd eaten the fruit they knew they weren't supposed to eat, their eyes were what? Opened. They saw with clarity and they recognized what they had done. And their immediate instinct was not to run to the God who was light. It was to hide and cover themselves up. This is a natural inclination that we all have. Now, I believe a lot of what Jesus is referring to here are are people who've never come to him. People who have walls of resistance up to to his presence. But friends, I believe as followers of Jesus, many of us have found places, pockets, areas in our life that that we have closed off to him. 
Maybe it's something we've done kind of slowly over time and it, it wasn't even necessarily super intentional. But we've just, we've closed that door, you know, that closet door shut. Not going in there. Maybe it's an area where it was closed off long before the Lord showed up. And he comes into our life and we've invited him in and maybe we don't even recognize I've, I've kept him out of that spot. I've kept other people out of that place and I've kept him out of that place. Friends, I just wanna encourage you. I, I don't wanna speak for any of you. I'm trying to figure this out on my own with the Lord. I just want you to consider the possibility that maybe there is a spot in your life that Jesus would love to come and shine some light. But maybe you've been resistant. Maybe you, you haven't allowed him in there. Just consider that possibility. See, the beauty is whether we know we've done that or not, whether your mind immediately leaps to something that you're aware of, or if you have a sense that, no, I think I've really allowed the Lord in. Here's the beauty about light. When we take the lid off and we invite it into the room, it works. It shines. The darkness leaves. And so if we invite him to come do that, we might find, oh, hey, things are pretty great here. Jesus, you really helped clean up. You really helped renovate this place. Or you might go, oh, man, look at that thing in the corner over there. Light exposes. Our natural instinct is to cover it up. But I, I want you to hear now Paul's words. This is in Ephesians chapter 5. See, Paul invites us to do something as followers of Jesus that this is really the heartbeat of the Lord. God would invite us to this. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is encouraging the church in Ephesus to walk in love to walk in this way that's very open and loving towards each other. And in the midst of him talking to them about walking in love, he highlights all kinds of ways that we live that are damaging, that are harmful to ourselves and to others. And he equates it to walking in darkness and even talking ourselves into thinking it's okay to live like that. It's okay to let that hang around. And so in Ephesians 5, he shines a light to expose. And we're going to pick this up in verse 6. He says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the, the acts of darkness, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. 
for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake from the dead, O sleeper, and the light of Christ will shine on you. I have woken up multiple times in the middle of the night, and I am waking up in like kind of like the dead of sleep. Y'all know that feeling? And there's that wrestling match of like, am I going to get out of bed or not? You know, do I really need to go to the restroom right now? Do I really need to quench my thirst? Do I really need to go get some water? About six months ago now, I had one of those moments. And so I'm like, I do this thing where, you know, I want to be able to go back to sleep as fast as possible. I was like, I have to have something to drink. So I purposely leave all the lights off. And I'm even kind of trying, I'm like purposely even trying to keep my eyes closed a little bit. Like I just want to barely get there and get back. You know, can I just kind of just safely navigate the space? And so go out, open the bedroom door, go into the living room, make it to the fridge, get some water. I'm on my way back, taking the same path I took, so everything must be fine. And then all of the sudden, two things happened at once. I felt a horrible pain in my foot and I heard my cat screech because I had stepped on my cat and she got those claws working real fast and I could hear her scuttle across the room. What happened? Like we got up, we got moving. The cat's like, oh, sweet people, let's play, let's hang out. And so she'd moved over towards the bedroom door and I stepped on the cat. I got hurt and she got hurt and she looked at me sideways for months. I mean, seriously, like I would walk into a room and she was like, that dude is gonna step on me again. Listen, I know that's a silly story, but guys, I think we settle for stumbling around in the dark going, well, this is kind of familiar territory. I got this, it'll be all right. I can get where I need to go. But the truth is, guys, when when we choose to allow darkness to exist in our lives, whether it happens every time or not, it's gonna come back to bite us. And what the people around me have learned is that when I don't deal with my darkness, they get hurt by it too. When I'm not willing to allow the Lord to shine a light on an area that needs to change or grow, I'm harmed and so are others. See, part of letting him be king is letting him show up and shine a light and start talking to us about the things we're gonna see. But here's here's what I want you to hear. It's point number two. Light doesn't just expose. Light brings life. If If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this. The enemy of our souls loves to heap shame and guilt and condemnation on us. And he uses those weapons to convince us that it's safer in the dark. But the God who loves us, loves us enough to shine a light because he wants us to know, I'm not just here to expose you in a shameful way, I'm here to bring life. Because the thing I light up 
I'll take care of it for you. That, that thing, whether you realize it or not, that you think you can handle or control, it's actually controlling you. And I'm going to be a way better king than that is. That's what the Lord wants to communicate. I can break the power of that and replace it with my power, with my life that will bring light. And so he says, awaken, O sleeper. Come out of death into light. I want to just share a little bit more about this. I want you to see a couple things here, all right? Um, John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. John's introducing Jesus coming into the world. And man, one of my favorite passages of scripture, those first few verses of John's gospel chapter one. But he describes this about Jesus in, in verses four and five. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. You see that connection he's making there to life and light? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light is undefeated. It's undefeated. When light shows up, darkness has to go. God is saying, if you you will invite the light of the world in, if you will allow him to expose, that exposure will bring victory. It'll bring victory. It'll bring new life. Check out these words, Luke 8. In Luke 8, we've got a very similar passage of Scripture, but Luke is taking the the very last words where Jesus is describing what happens when the seed, the Word of God, hits good soil in our life. And he immediately links that to these, these words of Jesus about light. So I want you to catch this. Notice this, Luke 8, 15, 16, and 17. As for that, the seed in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. Verse 16, no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Okay, here's the beauty, guys. Light doesn't just expose bad things. Light calls forth life. Good seed planted in good soil is those who hear the word and let it penetrate. Let it light up their life. Let me take it in. Let me consider it. With, with honesty, that's openness, allowing the light in. And he says, over time, with patience, it bears fruit. Y'all know at this point, my wife's been getting into some gardening the last year or two. And so one of the things she did this year that was kind of new is she put some seeds into these little tiny soil pods. Thank you, pods. That's a good word. I don't know if it's the right word. Little pods, okay? 
And then she, she got this thing that was literally these grow lights on a stand. And so there'll be this tray of what just looks like dirt and these lamps right over the top of that dirt just kind of cooking it in the light. That's my version of it. It's like to eat. Cooking it, all right? And the light is just there. And this stuff that's planted in the dark, in the soil, as the light is shining on it, the light is literally calling it forth. And so for a while, the light's just shining on just dirt. You ever felt like you've been in one of those seasons for quite a while? Lord, I'm trying, I'm doing the work, I'm not a slacker, but I just see dirt. <laughs> I don't see the progress. I don't see the growth. But he just says, hey, camp there. Let my light shine. And then all of a sudden, these little buds start coming up. They're still just tiny. But what's cool about them is they're drawn up to the light. And so they keep coming up higher and higher. This has led to some really funny things. So at my house, we kind of live up on a, on a hillside. And as the hill starts curving down, about halfway down the hill, there's this big bush that's been there for who knows how long, long before we bought the house. And I've noticed now, this time every year, the bush grows in the weirdest way. So the sun kind of goes across our front yard like this. And so this bush grows right here. <laughs> Back here, nothing grows. It's even a little bare. Underneath, it doesn't even grow a lot. But right on this kind of one corner, it grows up and out towards the light. And it gets that, that kind of bright green leaves on it. You know what I'm talking about? Like as spring comes, those really light green leaves. And it just looks so bizarre, but it's drawn to the light. And you get to almost, you almost feel it growing in real time. It just looks like those branches grow every day so much more. It's drawn to the light. Light calls forth. Guys, the exposure that the Lord wants to bring into our lives is the exact dead opposite of what the enemy wants to do or convince us of. He doesn't just want to shine a light to show us stuff that's broken. Guys, he wants to shine a light to grow things that have been planted in us. Part of blooming and growing in God's kingdom is us just being familiar with letting his light shine into our lives. And so when I receive something from him, I don't just quickly go on to the next thing. I let it soak. I let it marinate. I invite the Lord to just keep, Lord, keep talking to me about that. Do whatever you want to do there. Let me, even, let me even start using it. Let me be willing to risk letting other people see this maybe. And so he shines the light and, and we grow. We grow. Guys, he has planted stuff in you uniquely, beautifully. You're unique in his kingdom. And he does want to set you free from areas of darkness that trip you up and harm those you love most but he also wants to shine a light that you might light up and come to life. And that leads us to our third and final point this morning. Light exposes, light brings life, and light shines for others. There's a lot of God's names and titles, things that describe his character, 
that he keeps to himself. They're him and him alone. He doesn't, he doesn't share them with us. I, I'm never called in the scripture almighty because I'm not <laughs> and I shouldn't be. <laughs> but he does share some of his qualities with us. The same Jesus who said, I'm the light of the world, now says about those who follow him and have invited his light in. In Matthew's gospel, chapter five, he says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. He's using the same imagery, but now he's talking about us being a source of light for others, that others can come into our home and enjoy that light. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. He wants us to be a light of, towards others. Friends, I, I want to give you one kind of final thought or analogy. I believe that far too often the church, maybe even in intending to be a source of light in a dark world, we operate as a flashlight in the dark. Here's what I mean by that. Have you ever been outside with someone at night when it's really dark and you're like sharing a flashlight, like only one of you has a flashlight? Have you experienced that? If you're the person with the flashlight, it's pretty great. <laughs> you can point to what you want to see and where you want to go. But if that person takes their light, and, you know, I'm, I'm with Bart, and I go like this in Bart's face, how helpful is that light in his face? Not only is it not helpful, it makes it worse. At least his eyes had sort of adjusted to the dark a little bit. Now he's got this bright light and then you take it down and now you really can't see anything. I believe far too often the church is that kind of a light. We love to run around and expose the dark. And we wonder why people aren't drawn to us. Because they're not seeing Jesus the light doesn't operate like that. Jesus says, you're like a city on a hill. It snowed a couple times this last year. And one of the things I, I did at one point, and it, it, was, it was the silliest thing, but I was outside, you know, four or five inches of snow on the ground, and I'm, I'm taking pictures, and it was like, it was still snowing a little bit, it was almost done. And it was, it was dark, but it was kind of light because of all the white that was everywhere. And I get out into the yard, and then I even went down the hill, and I'm in the street. And then I turn around, and I look back at my house. And I, I felt like I got transported into one of those, like, movie scenes. And there's my house, and there's just these little porch lights on the porch. And the light inside the windows are all on, and the people are in there just kind of having fun. And I'm out in the cold and in the dark, and there up on the hillside is this house with some warm light. It was, it was, it was like magical. 
isn't it weird that scenes like that speak to us? Because they're filled with the reality of God's life and his kingdom and a desire he put in all of us. We all want to be welcomed in, out of the cold and out of the dark, into that warm home where we are welcome. And the light brings warmth, and it brings comfort, and there's joy there. That's the kind of light Jesus told us to be. I can let his light in, let it warm my heart. Let it begin to permeate the lives of my, my wife, my children, my friendships. And as his light shines in the dark, it, it spreads. It begins to light everything up. Guys, that's the kind of community I want to be a part of. I'm not going to get that right all the time. You're not going to get that right all the time. But we can be a place where light exposes in the best way possible. Where it brings freedom from darkness. It brings warmth. It brings growth. And it will produce much fruit. That's what light in God's kingdom looks like. It's the light that exposes in a good way. That brings life. And that shines forth to a world that is dark and cold. My hope and prayer is to be more like that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you, yes, you are the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus, that you have been light in my world. God, God in my darkness, you have shown light, and I am grateful for that. Lord, I acknowledge ways that I still hide from your light. Areas I might not let you in. Fear, shame creeps in and robs me from your gift of light. Lord, I acknowledge that. I repent of it. God, I pray for my own life, for my family, for this church community. God, for your bride in Knoxville, in Tennessee, in the United States of America, worldwide. God, that we would let your light shine. God, that we would be willing as individuals and corporately as a church, God, for your light to shine and expose things that, that need to be dealt with, that need to go. And thank you that you'll deal with them. Lord, thank you that there's also things that you you so strongly desire to see grow in us individually and in our church community. And God, that you'd bring your light and you'd shine it, that we may grow and thrive and produce fruit. God, would you help us as we live in a world that's cold and dark, not to partner with the darkness. And help us not to be the kind of people who just go around shining a light at everybody. God, may we allow your light to permeate our life. And may we become a safe haven that draws people to you and the life that is found only in you.
It's in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen? Amen.